the Lady Eighty Show podcast. We talk about books, everything about books, and have great interview with authors. Here's one now. We really do welcome you, Brad. And Brad Sugars is a founder and chairman of the Action Coach Business Coach. He's internationally known, very well regarded as an influencer, influential entrepreneur. So many books, I've got a few behind me, and obviously we're going to be talking about your latest one, which is Pulling Profits Out of the Hat. But you have had a 30-year career as an entrepreneur, CEO of over nine plus companies, and the owner of the multi-million dollar franchise Action Coach. But probably more important to you, Brad, is that you're a husband and a father of five, which Instead of a snake, it could mean something to do with the kids. <laughs> and um, like everyone, it's family that matters. And then business is built upon that. So over to you for the moment, Brad. I, I just want to make sure we're clear on one thing. It's father of five, not husband of five. So let's just <laughs> make that a, a clear point on, on, on the session. But um yeah, Jerry, we want some snake tips in that wildlife book, please. That would that would be great. Um, so yeah, look with um, and it's interesting because this is the last published book, but I literally sent a, my eighteenth book to print uh, yesterday morning. So uh, it's it's uh, I'm we try and do one a year. I usually get about one every year and a half, but we try and do one book a year. Um, because again, knowledge-based shifts and knowledge-based changes. So tell me, how does everyone on here uh, use their books? How does everyone type into the chat room? How do you use your books? What are you doing with your books? And, and where is that coming from? And, and lady, if you can uh, just give me the first lead-off question so that I can move in the right direction for everybody, then that'll be the simplest way that I can make sure I give everyone the most value possible in the time we have together here today. Okay, well, some of the questions are, why this book, why now? Uh -huh. um, the other is to do with actually co-authoring and how uh -huh. that works. And uh -huh. I particularly love this one on how graphic it is, as in pictures graphics uh -huh. I will hasten to add um would anyone else like to jump in with some let me deal with those ones first before I forget them all and then we'll go into the others so why this book so what I've done over the years with all of my books is build upon themselves so the first book was a very generalist star book and then we got more specialized in each of them and then we went to a different subject and what we've done here is this book we studied at the top of the, my teaching in my third book, which is The Business Coach, is a section called Scale, How to Scale Businesses. And so what we did here is write a book that really where we studied those businesses that scaled and said, how do they do it? And it, we came with the five core disciplines of scale in a business. Now, when you look at a book, one of the biggest things to do, and this has always been my case, is what is the napkin description of the business uh, of the of the biz, of the book how can i on one paper napkin describe what is the main theme main model major way of the business of the idea of the concept of the 
meaning of it. So when we're writing a book, I like to be able to summarize the book on a napkin. And by doing that, what I create is I create models. So the ladder of such and such in this book, and, and again, with the graphics, this book, we went with the full color print. It's literally three pounds. So in this, we created this graphic, which is the five disciplines and how those five disciplines work together uh, in any scenario of, of building the business. And so we tried to create with the five disciplines, a model that helps people understand it. So if you imagine, and I'll teach it to you in just a moment. If you imagine, I teach you the model of the five things. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The next minute, I want you to be able to turn around and show it and teach it to someone else. So I want it to be done in such a way that I can show it to you and you can then go and show it exactly how it is to the next person and teach it that way. So, for example, when I go through, and again, you'll see it's in all of the book. We use the graphic in all of the book. We use it in all the different segments. And we gave this a magic theme so that, again, we could use the, the rabbits and we can use the hats and we can use all of the magic philosophy and we can use analogies to magic we can use analogies to um, all those things I then also from a marketing perspective had my friend you all have heard of Penn and Teller I had uh, my friend is is uh, Penn is my friend and I had him come and do a thing of literally pulling the book out of a hat um, and doing it he hated doing it I had to buy him uh, brunch for it but uh, <laughs> you know it was that thing so when we take a look at understanding these five core disciplines, and I can give you a, a teaching behind that, I, I teach it with a very simple graphic, okay? Now, the way that we do that, and again, I'll go through the five core disciplines. The first is strategy. Then if you want to write the five down, and then we'll go into a bit more detail around them. The second is business development. Third is people. So strategy, biz dev, people, then execution, and then mission. So what we're aiming to do with this, uh, the, the concept is again, created into a, and you'll see by the graphic, how we take all five of those and interlace them so that if they all work together, then we have a company working together. 
So strategy is a breakdown of four things. And it's interesting when I put any concept together, if, if we work out, okay, here's the five things, then we say, okay, those five things, let's break them down into the four areas or five areas or three or two or whatever it is, because then conceptually, I've got this amazing ability to create a book because any of you that have ever done a large project knows that the uh, hardest thing is if you put on your if if you put on your goal sheet write a book and you look at your goal sheet and it says write a book and you go to it yeah i don't have time to do that today and then you look at it the next day and it still says write a book and you say i don't have time to do that today um whereas if your goal sheet says write three pages of my book you have time to do three pages today type thing so it's it's that way so what i do is i build the model from the model, I break it into segments, and from the segments, I build the chapters, and from the chapters, I build the, 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 the sections of the chapters, and from there, I build the pages or the paragraphs type thing. So I break it down, divide it to multiply, divide to multiply. So strategy in business is all about uh, uh, leverage, scalability, uh, mark, uh, marketability, and opportunity. And do you want me to spend a lot of time on that, lady, or do you want me to just skim over those areas, the five areas? I think, well, what do members want to do? Let's have some feedback from what you've heard so far. What's Lots of time, skim over it, about the middle. A lot of about the middle, okay. A lot of about the middle, excellent. So, yeah, if you want the details, buy the book and read the book. Non-complex, yes. Um, so what we look at in strategy, I'll give you the, the, the definitions of each of those so we go in about the middle. Leverage is do the work once, get paid forever. So the definition of leverage is how do, you, how do you get a customer once that stays forever? How do you build a product that you can sell forever? How do you, um, you know, why write a book? Why write a book? Because I do the work how many times? Once and I get paid forever. Uh, I wrote a book on real estate investing. Why? Because I buy, I buy a piece of real estate. How long do I get paid for? Forever. Uh, it's, it's always that methodology of thinking. Scalability, our definition is that the next sale costs less and is easier. So that the next sale, as my business gets bigger, like I'll go, for example, um, and if you look at business modeling, which is really what you're doing in strategy is saying, what model do we want to use? Do we want to use a franchise business or a licensed business or a rental business? Not the product or service, but the business model behind the product or service. So back when I had my rental business, we were renting out fridges, freezers, TVs, you know, basically white and brown goods, or these days, stainless steel goods. Um, and, and you sit back and you say, okay, to rent the first refrigerator took a lot of work. To rent number 100, it was easier to rent number 100 than it was number one. It was cheaper to rent number 100. In fact, by the time we got to 10,000, it was cheaper and easier again to rent fridge number 10,000 than it was number one or number 100 type thing. So you think about scale and the ability to grow. Whenever I ask a person about scale and they say, I'm not sure I understand scale. And I just ask them this question, how will you open your business in India? How will you open your business in India? And most people look at me and go, I don't want to open my business in India. I said, that's not the question. I said, how would you? Because if you had a model that would allow you to open in India, then you have a strong model and you have a model that is scalable, if that makes sense. Marketability is that the product or service sells itself. 
you know, why, why do I own a commercial cleaning business? Real simple. Commercial cleaning is dead easy. It, everyone knows they need it and everyone buys it. I just have to convince you to buy from me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't go into it. Why do I have a restaurant in the Wynn Casino? Uh, the Wynn Casino is the number one highest d- dollars per room in all of Las Vegas where I live here. It also has the highest occupancy rate of any casino or any hotel in Las Vegas. So if you were going to have a restaurant somewhere, where would you want it? In the highest occupancy, highest uh, dollar value casino in town type thing. So it really is the marketability. Opportunity is the size of the market. You know, what size market are you going after type thing? You know, when you think about it from a book perspective, if I'm writing a book for business people, massive market opportunity. If I'm writing a children's book, massive market opportunity. If I'm writing a book for collectors of Halloween snake collections, not that bigger market, not that bigger opportunity, but relevant to me today um, <laughs> type thing. So, you know, you've got to look at that. When you look at business development, it breaks down into three areas where what we do is we say, what's your marketing system? What's your sales system? And what is your customer service system? And again, I've written books on all of those subjects. My newest one will be on marketing, which if I give you the 60 second overview of my new book, uh, it takes people from thinking that their marketing is about going, getting married to my marketing is about asking someone out for a cup of coffee. So most marketing is, here's my book, buy my book. What we call raise your hand marketing, which is the name of the book, raise your hand marketing. What we call raise your hand marketing is instead of here's my book, buy my book, raise your hand marketing is say, hey, if you're interested in raising your profits, I've got a download of an infographic for you. So they download the infographic and from there we have So it's not about conversion rates now in marketing. It's about conversation rate. How many conversations can we generate? See, people do their social media and they're going after likes or, or, you know, comments. I'm not. I'm after conversations. When I post something online, I want someone to say, hey, I'm interested. Can you send me more info? Like, I won't send, I won't. If I'm doing a uh, webinar, I won't post up, hey, I'm doing a webinar, here's the link. I'll write a post that says, hey, I'm about to put together a webinar on increasing the sales of your books. If you're interested in increasing the sales of your books, type the word book below and I'll send you the link to the webinar. Now, why do I ask them to type the word below? Because it gives me, A, it messes with the algorithm. If I'm on LinkedIn and I get 100 people to type the word book, what happens all of a sudden to that post? Everybody gets that post out there into the marketplace type thing because it just gets more and more and more. Not only do I get 100 people commenting, I comment back to 100 people. And then those 100 people get a message from me saying, hey, here's the link to the webinar. Then the next day they get another message that says, by the way, here's a download for you that might be of interest. So it'll prepare you for the webinar. The next day they might get something else. And then, but I've got a conversation happening with that person now. We're talking to each other, not just they click the like button type thing. So then you look at people. People is where the philosophy in any business is quite simple. Uh, If you build your people, they build your business. You know, in this day and age in particular, people saying, oh, it's hard to find good people. I remember saying that to my dad when I was 20. 
And I literally was complaining to him saying, dad, I just can't get good people. No one's motivated. And he looked me dead in the eye and said, Brad, you get the people you deserve. (laughs) You're an average manager running an average business. The highest caliber of employee you're going to get is average. You know, and he was right, you know, until I became a great leader running a great company, no great people wanted to work in my company, if that makes sense. So, you know, it's that that whole thing of you've got to attract that you become the person that attracts the results. And then uh, execution, execution. uh, And by the way, people is really a lot of leadership training, all of that sort of stuff. You've got to build the people. Execution is about planning systems and management. Management's different to leadership. Management is about competency and productivity, whereas leadership is about uh, focus and, uh, and, and passion, I guess. If I've got passionate, focused people, it's because I've got good leadership. If I've got competent, productive people, it's because I have uh, good management skills. Now, management, by the way, is a system and leadership is an art form. Uh, then we go to mission. Mission is about the word love. Do your customers love buying from you? Do your customers love doing business from you? And do your staff love coming to work? If they don't love coming to work, then I, I, I don't see how they, you're going to get those results. You know what I mean? It's like that, that um, yeah, people got to love business these days, especially, and, and as I look around the room here, I don't see any millennials. It's, uh, you know, us gray head, no heads. Um, I, I, oh, one millennial, John, you must just have scraped in there, John, or it's a bad camera that you have over there. So, <laughs> you know, um, so when, when you think about dealing with the Y generation, I call millennials and the Gen Z's the Y generation. Why are we doing this? It's very important to have that sort of thing in there. Right. So that's the five things. Now, that was the first question. So why this book and why now? What was that second question? It was about co-authoring. Ah, co-authoring. So co-authoring in my books is another way of saying, have someone do the writing for me so I don't have to do it. Um, I record, all of my books have been recorded. I record them uh, and then I give them to an editor who then does the work for me. Now, the other great thing about a co-author is it gives you a second promoter. Um, it gives you someone else who can be out doing the promotions of the book for you, um, with you, and, and selling the book on your behalf. So uh, it's that. But also it brings, I, I liked the co-author factor for me, and I've done my last two books as a co-author. It gives me someone to bounce things off of, you know, and so it gives me someone to think things through with. And I think that's an important aspect of um when you're really developing and like this, this book is 297 pages and to get 297 pages to be an easy read and something people want, we, we needed to have it in a way and structured in a way that it gave people all that. But um, I also don't write a book with any, I, I don't write a book where I don't have something in mind to sell from the book. Okay. Like I always think of books as the greatest brochure in the world. See, once someone reads this book and they learn the five disciplines, guess what the vast majority of people who learn the five disciplines are thinking? Wouldn't it be great if someone could just do that for me? Wouldn't it be great if someone could train my team in all of those things? Wouldn't it be great if my new book, Raise Your Hand Marketing, um, I I went and bought a uh, 
a company based in London that, or half of a company based in London that is a marketing services company. And that marketing services company is the back end to that book. So everyone that reads it thinks, gee, wouldn't it be great if someone could do this marketing for me? Guess what? Raise your hand. We do that marketing for you. So um, does that answer the question on co-authoring or is there another angle to the question? No, it was just, just sort of how, how that works, which I think you've explained really well. Mm -hmm. Who decided on the design? Because business books traditionally aren't as colourful, haven't mm -hmm. got so many pictures, aren't as simply take you through that whole journey. Yeah, they're normally boring white and black paperbacks uh, printed on a fairly thin paper, about mm -hmm. 150 pages, and uh, that's about it. And guess what my newest one is? Boring, black and white <laughs> on about 150 pages. I mean, we, we invested a quarter of a million dollars to put this book together, but we also were putting a lot of marketing money behind it to get it to bestseller. Now, if, if you think about this book as a brochure, imagine I give this book to a CEO of a, one of the top businesses in the world that CEO who's running a multi-billion dollar organization, if I give them this book, it's three pounds. It's a full color print. We have the, 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 what do you call it? The bookmark built into it type thing. What is their impression of the quality of me and my business when I give them this book? Their impression is it's, it's wow. It's a, it's a coffee table book. You know, most books will get put on a shelf. Guess where we see this book being left? On coffee tables, in presentation areas, it's left out front. Why do you think Dan Brown and some of those authors, when their fiction books create them to look so spectacular and the covers are designed with beautiful covers and colors and all of that sort of thing so that people will leave them out? Um, I believe more coffee table books are sold today as... Um, uh, to put in people's houses to make them look good than they are to be actually opened and, and read through <laughs> type things. So, yes, but um, closest you can uh, um, have the book and know that actually that's part of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So going for the heavy print color, going for the sorry, the full color print, going for the heavy stock, the heavy paper, all of that was a a branding strategy more than just a book strategy. You've got to remind yourself of one thing about books. The vast majority of people never read more than the first chapter. Mm -hmm. So how do you get them through? Right. So why do, I, why do I create a design that says, here are the five areas? What is going through your mind when I teach you there are five areas? What do you have to do, especially those of you who are control freaks in the room? Your brain says, I have to complete all five. Like, all, you know, the control freaks, they're the ones that even if a movie is really bad, they still watch it to the end. They have to complete, <laughs> you know, they can't not complete the thing. So I can tell by the smiles around the room, who are those people very quickly? It's like, yes, I can see you very clearly. But it's so, not me. If a, if a film doesn't fulfill what I want, I will walk. <laughs> my, my, my time's too precious. Mm. So can let's open it to members for um, questions, comments. Um, to Brad, please. So unmute yourself. Brad, it's, uh, it's Jerry here. Um, 
yeah, I'd, I'd like to know, I guess, how you broke from that average factory and, and being the manager of, to, to what you're doing today. What was the catalyst for you? How did you spring forward? Yeah, it, it, I mean, the answer is books, basically. Uh, I spent uh, as much time reading, learning and studying. You know, I, some of you are old enough to remember when there was book summaries. I don't know if you, any of you subscribe to those, but I'd get three book summaries a month and I'd be reading a book every week. I, I literally would get through all of that. And so um, I think that, you know, very simply put, business isn't going to get any easier. You've got to get better at business. Um, same with relationships, same with raising kids. Raising kids is never going to get easier. You're just going to have to get better at being a parent. And I, I joke with my eldest daughter, she's uh, about to turn 21. I joke with her saying, kid, I've never had a 20-year-old. I don't know what to do. You know, you're my guinea pig. Let's let's learn this together. And, and she always looks at it and says, yeah, I, could, I wish I was Riley, who's our fifth child, the life of Riley. Um, you know, and it's like, I wish I was her. You guys are much, you know, you actually know what you're doing with her. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, if, we, if we were all, if we all waited till we would be ready, none of us would be parents. But I think that's true for business too, Jerry. You've got to dive in the deep end. You know, you've, got to, you've just got a plan to grow. You've got a plan, set that massive goal. I launched my podcast in January, which is called the Big Success Podcast. And the third segment of everyone is asking these massively successful people, what's the difference between someone who sets small goals and someone who sets massive goals? How do you see that as different? You know, when someone writes a book and thinks, geez, I'd just love to sell a thousand versus someone who writes a book with the mindset of creating bestsellers. Mm. You know, what's the difference in that thinking and that approach? And I think we, we as humans, and uh, let me just see a raise of hands. How many of you are, uh, are in the UK? Let me just see how many of you are in the UK. Is it everybody? Jerry, you're not from the UK. The other Jerry, where are you based? Sorry, you're on mute, buddy. Where? I got to get that mic on. San Diego. In fact, I was just in Las Vegas yesterday. Oh, well, good to, good to have you in our city. And I stayed at the Encore a couple of weeks ago, which is next door to the wind. Oh, well, if you ever go back, go to La Cave. La Cave is our restaurant there. So yes. buddy Morty and I, that's our restaurant. Um, but to, and, and Jerry might see this as an outsider looking in, one of the really interesting challenges of being born and raised in the UK is that there is this tall poppy syndrome that Australians suffer from probably worse because, you know, 200 years ago, you sent all the fun people to Australia. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's if you struggle with that, massive goal setting or that thinking in a massive way it's not something anyone from california ever struggles with jerry is it it's not a no. struggle the massive thinking is is hereditary in california the massive doing not so much but the massive thinking <laughs> is definitely high on the list so you know we we are raised with certain ways of thinking and and i was lucky enough at 16 to win the rotary youth leadership award in my area which was i gave the greatest speech of all the people that that were there and uh because i was on the uh, debate club i was a very good speaker and they sent me away for a week-long training on success and leadership which at 16 is a phenomenal thing 
such a massive shift in your thinking. Yeah. David, you're off mute. You got a question? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Oh, you accidentally off mute? Well, you get to ask a question now that you're off mute. That's part of the game, or I get to ask you a question. So, so, do, you, so do you see a difference between action coaches in the UK and action coaches in the USA then? Do you see that difference in mindset? Oh, yes, most definitely. Uh, where I see the biggest difference is the Australians, because that's when, when I started the business in Australia. And so in, in um, the mindset shift happens over a period of time, though, I think, David. It's, it's like that four-minute mile theory. You know, in the next, in our lifetime, the next two to three years, the marathon, there will be someone that breaks the two-hour marathon. Right? That's going to happen. Now, the day someone does, we're going to have a flood of them in the next year or two. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's that sort of thing. But it's, it's really a the psychology of the people you hang out with the most. And that's where I remember Jim Rohn said it to me when I was, uh, again, 16. I went, after going to that rotary thing, I went to see Mr. Rohn speak in the Brisbane City Town Hall. And one of the things he said is, you'll earn within plus or minus 10%, the same as the five people you hang out with the most. And, and at 16 years of age, I looked around at the five people I hung out with the most and I thought, well, that's not good. You know, <laughs> it was like, who do I need to be hanging out with more often to be learning from more often? And this is why I love what Lady does here in that we can be in a group like this hanging out uh, virtually, obviously, but we can do this on a very simple and regular basis these days. Get through as many people as you possibly can or get to hang out with as many people as you, as you possibly can. Um, 
But also the reason we use, we have, I mean, we're at now, what, 1,100 offices around the world. The reason we use that model is we want local connectivity, but we also want local culture. You know, if, if we got someone in Milton on Keynes, they're different to the coach in Yorkshire because it's just, they just understand. Same here in the States, my coach in Alabama, I doubt my coach in Alabama would do that well in New York City. And vice versa, vice versa would be exactly the same case as well. Right. Bruce, do you have a question? You usually do. That's why I thought I'd, I'd come and put you on the spot a little bit. Okay. Mr. Roberts, what do we got? Well, apart from the name's Bruce, <laughs> which gets me a long way in Australia. <laughs> so, no, I mean, I, I've, I'm intrigued by the, uh, so the, the um, uh, so the, the business development idea. Sorry about it. Just dropped your mic. Just dropped. There we go. Yeah, the business development side. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, sort of like the uh, the one minute manager and all that sort of stuff was the stuff that I was brought up with. Mm. Um, so I, I I see some very much similarities in in stuff that I've been brought up with. Um, I, I, obviously, I, I didn't get a copy of the book from the local library, uh, although I did try, um, but uh, they didn't stock it, sadly. I was quite disappointed. Um, but uh, yeah, so so I'm, I'm just trying to sort of see if you've got any uh, sort of business guru uh, heroes, if you like, from, from your development that you took on board to get to where you are. Yeah. Uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, well, look, I, I've met Ken a few times. We've spoken and I've actually had him speak at events for us over the years. Um, the challenge is that the way the market shifts so regularly, you have to shift who those gurus are fairly quickly and fairly, um, you know, when, when I sit down today and I look at the cutting edge of business today, it's so very different. The management strategies of humans today are so very different than what they were. You know, managing a baby boomer and managing a Gen Z are literally almost polar opposites of how to do that sort of thing. So over the years, those people have changed quite dramatically. When, when the one minute manager came out, gee, it was like genius stuff on management back then. It was like, wow, this is phenomenal. But that was like, is that the early 80s or, or the late 80s? I think it was the late 80s was the One Minute Manager series, if I remember rightly. But yeah. you, you sit down and you start seeing where those the thinking has evolved to. And I find that the majority of stuff that I'm learning today is uh, the things that people are teaching before they put it into a book. So, you know, a lot of the stuff that I teach so the raise your hand marketing I was teaching for the last year and now it's into a book format type thing. And I'm, I'm one of those people that loves writing books because by the time I'm finished the book, then I'm at a stage where thank God I don't have to teach that anymore. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's that sort of thing. But listen, I've taken up a bunch of all of your time today. Um, great. If, thank if, you. If, if I can just finish with the, the, the one philosophical thing that I think is, is uh, sort of really important for us as business people, but as book people as well. Um, and, and that is that the, the yearn to learn 
brings about the ability to have. It's you will never outperform your learning. You'll never outperform that. So that's why I love that whole process. And it doesn't matter if you've written, you know, I'm what am I now? 18 books in, but I still attend books, how to create book symposiums, book marketing strategies, anything that I can find about how to do it better is always on my mind. I'm always looking for that way to do it better, more, bigger, faster, simpler, easier, with less work. I think that's that's the thing. And um, I've learned a lot from my own mistakes, but I've learned a lot more from other people's. Brilliant. I think that's a great thing to close on. So I'm sure we are going to continue and your ears will be burning um, when you leave us and we'll be talking more about what we've just learned in this last half an hour. So been excellent. Thank you very much, Brad. Hey, gang, if you ever need me, jump on any social media, shoot me a note or just jump on bradsugars.com, shoot us a note over there. Always around. If one of my team can't answer it, they'll find me for sure. Be well. Thanks, Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Lady AD Show podcast. Come back, subscribe, and we'll do this all over again. Bye bye.